Hello, and welcome to Playing in the Sandbox, Conversations in Pedagogy. My name is Katherine Troyer, and I'm so delighted that I get to be joined once again by Lauren Malone. Hi, everyone. So this is the first of our summer 2022 read-along, and we are doing a read-along that is a continuation of a story that we first got to glimpse last summer in our read-along, and that is this year we are reading Julie Schumacher's The Shakespeare Requirement, which came out in, like, recently, she flipped through the pages, 2018, <laughs> and it's a continuation of the same characters and the same story that is happening at Payne University that we were first introduced to in Dear Committee members. It's actually only the next school year. That's right, right it, it is, thank you. So I thought for those people who maybe haven't read Dear Committee members or for those who haven't read it in a very long time that Lauren, you and I could try having not prepped at all for this to, to recall <laughs> just like what Dear Committee Members was about and did before we jump into discussing the Shakespeare requirement. So what do you remember from Dear Committee Members? Oh, God. All right. I'm going to try try and do the one, the one minute rundown. Yes. Um, it was, first of all, it was epistolary. It was written as letters and emails and um, very interesting uh, fill in forms for letters of recommendation. Um, and it was about... Jay Fitger, who is an English professor at Payne University, and he is trying to navigate all of the pitfalls of, I guess, mid-career faculty. Yeah. Like maybe later. Yeah, it's like mid to late career. He's, career he's reached that point yeah. where he doesn't feel like he has the drive anymore. So whenever that right. happens. And all of the politics of departmental stuff, um, as well as trying desperately to get his graduate students to finish their thesis, which requires money um, because their funding has been cut. So he's trying to find money for that student. And at the end, that student actually dies, which was a dark turn that I don't think either of us was expecting when we read it last summer. But yeah, that's... Yeah, and you know, I... I'm not normally a big fan of the epistolary form because I, you know, especially if we're talking about like the good old classics in English, not just like Dracula, but like Evelina, right? The ones that were really heavy on the epistolary form, they just feel so inauthentic in their attempt to be authentic, right? Because they're like, Susan, even now as I write this letter, so-and-so is trying to barge into my room. And I'm like, really? That's not how anyone... <laughs> writes a letter a diary or anything no one writes a diary where they remember verbatim dialogue but Schumacher did an excellent job because it was it was truly like letters it wasn't there was very little like dialogue but you got to see just how curmudgeon he was and how and how mm -hmm. unrepentant he was about just being like I don't know what her taking this random creative writing class has, but sure, my student could be qualified to work at your daycare center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, paintball studio. Yes. Yeah. You also, I think it was also um, really ingenious how much interpersonal um, drama 
Schumacher was able yes. to get into letters because you find out about like his ex-wife and the fact that she's his ex-wife because he wrote this like very thinly veiled expose on who was sleeping with who at some writing camp at and, some point and or including whatever. him having an affair yes including him having an affair yeah. and so um yeah you actually even though it's in the letter format you actually learn a lot about the different characters you really and how do. he responds to them yes and and i think one of the things i enjoyed about it is is as well the fact that i feel it's not a stretch to know that there are people that put that much of themselves into these things that should not have that much of themselves right like <laughs> like you're like you know for a second you might think to yourself but Who's actually going to mention in a memo asking for more paper that, you know, they're upset about this feud they've been having with so-and-so. And then, and then I recall, oh yeah, actually we got that email. So never mind. <laughs> you know, like this actually is, you know, something that, that might not happen in other uh, areas of like the industry world, but these types of letters where you're just saying whatever the spirit so moves you felt very authentic too. And so that was one of the things you told me, because you started this before I did. So today we're going to discuss the first five chapters of the book. And you sent me a text and we we're like, I'm so sad. It's not, it's not an epistolary form. And honestly, if, I was distraught. <laughs> if we hadn't been required to read this to talk about it, I might've just gone ahead and been like, well, then I'll just wait and read it sometime later. That's how, that's how upset I was about, about this idea. How do you feel now though, that you're five chapters in? Oh, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Um, I think one of the things that I really liked about the letter format was that it felt very quick. Um, yes. It felt like very quick and easy to get through. And I was worried that once we switched over to sort of this normal prose, that it was going to get kind of bogged down with description and details and it would kind of lose that that fun sort yes. of feeling that it had but no yeah. <laughs> no we're fine and i think i think it's in part because we are not just following jay right we or yep. we're, it's not just a, a pov from from his awareness it, it cuts to all of these different characters and we could not as easily have gotten that in epistolary form. And I'm, I'm glad, right? Like I like hearing mm -hmm. there's that scene where they're all getting ready to go to the, yes, to the yeah, department, to meeting. the department meeting. And, you know, they find, and, and she just like zips into each of their heads. Right. And mm -hmm. it was such a fast paced, well-crafted moment that again, just reminded me that like, she's writing a thinly veiled story yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> like hopefully there's not a, a j in her life but there probably is but but like i'm sure you were like oh that's just like you know billy and that's just like pamela uh -huh. like, i mean it did not take much for me to put myself into that conversation mm -hmm. yeah and then the fight at the department meeting was fantastic uh, too but but we are getting ahead of ourselves so i guess we should yes. start with yeah so so what happens reactions yeah so one of the things that happens at the very end of of the first book is that we find out that that jay has been elected <laughs> mi mi uh, almost entirely by default as as the new department chair and, and i remember very distinctly you and i talking about how how excited we were that he was getting his comeuppance mm -hmm. and and so I like that this book started, like you said, the next academic year with his first year in uh, 
in this role as department chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I'm, she's, she's a delightful writer. She really is. Yeah. I, I remember in our, I think it was our last episode, how I said that one of the things that I was really worried about for the sequel was I didn't want him to get a redemption arc. I didn't want it to be <laughs> like, oh, the death of his student has changed him. And gosh dang it, she delivered. He is just as much oh. of a creep as he was. Yeah. It's like, it's really delightful because there's something I think really, really ingenious about a writer who can write someone who is so entirely unlikable but you still kind of root for them but also you're sort of rooting for all the people around them too because they're just annoying (laughs) yes yes and it really is like there's so many works that i've stopped watching or reading because they didn't find that balance right Mm -hmm. they created someone that was incredibly unlikable and it was like but why would i want to why do I want to watch this? I don't want any of them to succeed and I don't, and I don't care enough to watch them fail. Whereas mm-hmm. I have strong, strong feelings for Jay. And like you said, I kind of want him to succeed, but I'm also super okay if he doesn't because mm-hmm. in part because of the delightful new cast that the Schumacher has introduced. Okay. So I do want to talk about the new, the newbies because some of the new cast um, we've, we've seen or heard from before but some of them are brand new to us yes and i just want to go on record as saying in chapter one my biggest response it might have been chapter two as well my biggest emotional visceral response was meeting sis from the small town yeah whose mom and grandma prayed for her in her dorm room before they left and all i could think of was he better not sleep with her yes (laughs) I am terrified that this is where it's going and I just need it's not. So I, I won't lie when I first, so this is Angela Vacary. Yeah. The first couple of pages for her, I was like, oh, that's like, this is going to be his creepy little relationship. I, I feel like now that we're five chapters in that she probably would have set up that arc more if yeah. I hope, but, but you're so right. Like I, I would rather that she get with um, the gentleman that's like 90 years old. Um, Homie who uh, teaches Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh-huh. Casa, not Casanova. Casova. Casova. I would, yeah, I would be happier and less disturbed if she got with him. And he's got to be, I mean, he's been teaching for 45 years. So, mm-hmm. right. He's got to be like 75. I would be, it would be super okay if they got together. <laughs> but you're so right that that is one thing, you know, they've, Schumacher's kind of painted him as as having as Jay as having so little morals that it, it wouldn't surprise me if he slept with a student, but I'm really hoping it won't be her. No, no morals and a surprising like lack of clear judgment as yes. well. So, yes. yeah, but I I do agree with you that I think there would have been something more um more pointed yeah. dropped yeah. than their first meeting because the first meeting in chapter four or five um. It's just from her reading yeah. during his class. Um, also, so I think she doesn't die. Oh, yeah. I need that to not happen. But I uh, know I think it's going to be. I almost think it's going to be um, commentary on accessibility of higher ed yeah. through her. Yeah. And I don't know, fun. like, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that. But I I really the one of the lines that stood out to me the most in the first five chapters was that first class that Jay goes to teach 
and he's going through the the syllabus and the regulations and rules of the class and one of the lines says that they're going to take notes by hand like god intended uh-huh. and so i was like oh my age-old nemesis yes I know. <laughs> when i read that i was like I'm sure Lauren let out an indignant sound at this moment in time. <laughs> a heavy cackle. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah. So and and just the the setup of knowing um you know that she's homeschooled, she's painfully shy and and him about to be the same jerk he is to her when they're reading mm-hmm. aloud, but he something makes him stop, right? He does yeah. stop. And so, yeah, I'm I'm wondering if it's going to be that. So not so much a redemption arc from him, yeah. but just, you know, everyone is capable of growth. <laughs> and that's that's what I think is so, so amazing about how how Schumacher has crafted Jay is that that moment. Right. Because we see that he clearly doesn't care if his if he like hurts his students feelings or if he makes them upset or if he is accommodating at all. But then he pauses for that moment, right? And and mm-hmm. you don't read it as like, well, this is the moment that his life changed forever. It's just like, oh, he doesn't need to be that big of a douche today, right? He can save it yeah, for tomorrow yeah. <laughs> or or his next interaction <laughs> with, with whomever, um, preferably with, uh, is it Roland or, or um, the... Yeah, uh, the econ, yeah, the econ chair. So um, I... I- I have never loved a villain more. And that is saying something because as a queer person, I feel like we are drawn to the villains naturally (laughs) due to queer coding. And, you know, we've got Maleficent and all of the classic Disney villains, but man, I love Roland. I know. (laughs) So I kind of picture him because there's a description of him with his big meaty hands or something Mm -hmm. like that. I sort of picture him as speaking of Disney, um, like the, the Disney villain in uh, Mulan, but in a suit instead of, uh, you know, the, the big guy. No, oh, yeah. Because yeah. uh-huh. like, he's just like the big, like, hulking guy, but I imagine him wearing a suit and being very sophisticated. See, I pictured him as the the uh, one uh, chain-smoking dog from All Dogs Go to Heaven. That yes. was, like, the bookie or whatever. Like, yes. that was my image. This is fantastic. And, <laughs> and again, like, reading this book, reading Dear Committee Members too, but, but even more so this one, I... I don't know if I've ever felt so seen. Because, <laughs> right. And and some of it is, is that both you and I have an English background, right? Mm-hmm. So so these conversations are not only familiar, they're ones I have been a part of, right? And I'm sure that familiar you have and too. Yes. Yeah. And and at my school the school where I did my undergrad, there was a huge school of business that got this brand new building that had like live palm trees in it you know i mean like growing from the ground up to the like skylight and then there was the english department which was for my entire time there in which couldn't keep the heat on (laughs) well it was in a dormitory so we had oh my god yeah we had the bottom floor and and some of the offices were like were old dorm rooms um classrooms were old dorm rooms that had been put together my ta office was a trailer behind the building you know like and so so like this whole conversation and everything that's happening like i feel like i've lived this experience it's it's really familiar i think not only because of just what's happening to the english department but also 
the the different reactions within the english department to it so you've got you know the people who are who are desperately trying to hang on to their one thing <laughs> and everybody's kind of like that but you have some who are doing it out of principle some who are doing it because you know they want the job and don't want their job to be cut and those sorts of things and so they're all like they all have the same goal of keeping the english department afloat but they are all somehow fighting about yes, it yes and I'm glad you brought that up because I, that was something that I thought about a lot as I was reading this is that, you know, I know there's lots of, of us reading this book right now, but I know for sure you and you and I both coming out of English programs are not the Shakespeare experts, right? We are the the ones not. that are the like, um, there's the one gentleman who does the like post-colonial film, right? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. I mean, we, we are the people that Casavan would be upset or part of the English department, right? Because he was like a class on graphic novels. What's the point? And I was like, oh, dear heavens. Those are my classes. Yeah, I felt I felt a little attacked yeah. when he uh, was going off on the pop culture and post-apocalyptic. Yeah. yeah. And and but but again, it made me feel very seen because I was like, oh, good. Nice to know that the debates, the conversations, the like, no, I really matter, I promise. Conversations I've been having for years are had apparently at every university because mm -hmm. Schumacher has had it probably so many times that she can write it into this uh, really funny, funny book. But I think you're right. I think it is really important and interesting to note that, like you said, at the end of the day, at least in that conversation, they all want what's best. It's just they don't agree on whether or not they all know what's best. Whereas Roland mm -hmm. is depicted as like, he doesn't want what's best for everyone, right? Like, I mean, they, they've what's even... What's best for him, yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't even really care about the econ department, right? He, like, he doesn't even care about the school. He says specifically yeah. that he got stuck here. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, he bought out the... Um, the conference room <laughs> so that yeah. the English department could, I mean, you know, he's, he's That is vile. so petty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so petty. But also, I hope that no admin reads this book and is like, that's a good idea. We should start <laughs> charging for these spaces because like, ooh, that's a crafty plan. But yeah, the English department, at least, they all kind of want the same thing. But I also appreciated the, the one person that was like upset about the you know, the committee that she was going to be on because she didn't want to be with the other. I mean, uh -huh. it's, yeah, it really does feel like Schumacher was just like, I'm going to go to work today and I'm going to take notes on everything that happens. And then I'm just going to change their names and that will be. Yeah, the and well, and, and not even just like at her place of employment, I feel like what is making us feel really seen is that she kind of has her thumb on things like all of the things yes. that everyone's been saying about higher ed so like that professor specifically um talked about how like no her tenure review is coming up so she can't be seen yeah. as uncooperative yeah heavy scare quotes and so like yeah yeah she's she's just really good at, at putting these things together and making them real for us yes yes and even things like like where you know he's trying to get his new computer and but the only <laughs> way to get a computer is to submit an email mm -hmm. <laughs> and then he's like well but i would if i could and then she's like well use your phone and he's like well i need to place a request for that too like <laughs> there's so many processes that just happen that are like you can't do x without y but you can't do y until x is done you know and it's just that's also but also but also understanding that 
sometimes it is a problem of your own making. Yes. Because like he's just stubbornly refused to use any of the tech for years, it seems like yes. from that conversation with Fran. Yes. And so he's been missing appointments and stuff and students are like signing up for schedules with him and and things and I it's at some point it is pointed out that this is not new. They yes. they've had it for a couple years at least. Yes. So Yeah, because I still remember I tell the story all the time, but like my very first week or two here at Trinity, I showed up for a meeting and the person was like, Oh no, the meeting got rescheduled and they were like, Did you not see it on you know, we updated it on your Google Calendar and it was like, Oh, I didn't I've never used Google Calendar. So like that was a, a steep learning curve, but like I'd only also been there two weeks, right? Like he's been yeah. there for a decade for years. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's like, I've never used it and I never will. And it's like, Oh gosh. I'm also yeah. glad we got to see more of Janet, his ex-wife. Yes. Yes. I'm glad she's, I feel like she's going to play an important role in this yes. and that makes me happy. And I like that the first time we, we meet her in this book, she, she's taking a copy of the, school newspaper that's talking about how amazing econ is over to put into jay's mailbox and he yeah. knows it's her even though he she you know she does it anonymously uh, yeah i think me. his exact words is that even before the divorce she always celebrated his his humiliations or yes. something like that. yes yes yeah and then I, you know she's telling him like here's what you have to do and mm -hmm. you know and he's like i don't want to and she's like well you're not my problem anymore so whatever yeah yeah it's it's loud can we go back to roland for a second though Please. because like also is that his actual name or am i'm remembering that wrong i believe it is his name yeah his okay. i don't know if it's his first name or his last name though yeah but it I is but roland is how he's listed in the book yeah like it's interesting the i think i think he's sort of every conversation taken to the extreme right that that this is you know the new world and we have to be preparing students for for what is beyond our walls right yes. um but taken to the extreme of that means we have to you know poach stuff from other departments yes. but like but it's interesting because in a way that's kind of right like he's not wrong he's just wrong about how much of an a-hole he is when he's doing it and like it's it's kind of the exact um the exact opposite of the shakespeare professor who's in the english department who's like no we have to have a shakespeare requirement because that is like a foundation of english departments yes. like you can't let students just pick whatever they want to read and say they've had an English education. And so I think that that is like the, the ever, ever growing struggle between the humanities and other, other fields yes. that fight that we're having, but it's, it's just an interesting way of showing it where everybody is at the extreme end of yes. that conversation. And like you said, everyone's a little bit right and a little bit wrong because mm -hmm. one of the rebuttals when he says like, we have to require Shakespeare is someone's like, you know, maybe we could calm it down about a class that only teaches one white guy, you know? And, mm -hmm. and, and so like, but at the same time, then it's like, but do you lose everything and don't have a canon at all? I mean, yeah, it, it definitely, yeah. the whole time I was like, I'm on everyone's side and I'm on no one's side because this is just not a winnable battle. 
I I was not on everyone's side. Um, so someone said, I'm referring to people who haven't read any of the theoretical or Marxist literature in the past 50 years. And Lovejoy says, please don't say Marxist, because that'll get Albert Tyne going. And uh, it says, Albert Tyne's favorite diatribe regarding the vacuity of cultural studies, identity politics, political correctness, and psychoanalytic analytic hocus pocus masquerading as legitimate inquiry and i was like oh i've met him yeah yeah you have i've met the stories you told me yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's true there were a couple times when they were getting at their most feisty right that i was like especially Mm, yeah especially as someone that does everything that that he was just listed right yeah um, yeah it's like, bro, just say you can't do it and move on. Like, we don't need all this extra. I'm sure you've been on these in these conversations, too. I mean, I've been in so many conversations about the canon, right? And about, like, mm-hmm. what should and shouldn't be included, what what must be done, what must not be done. And, and you know, there there's that line where someone's like, well, if Shakespeare's included, then the Bronte sisters have to be, you know. Yeah, and, and it's like everybody's own pet thing yes, right yes. after the other, yeah. And, you know, and then there's there's Roland's character who's like, whatever our donors say is, is what we'll do. Who cares? And it's it's so weird to see, like, and she this is a great part of the book that, like, some of the, that Roland, who is, you know, our bad guy in many respects, is also... It's very similar to Thanos, right? Where you're like low-key agreeing with his speeches and you're like, well, I see some merit in that. Not your way of accomplishing it, but in some of the ideas you're raising, maybe it's not a bad idea. And that's how I feel when Roland is is doing the things he's doing. Uh, So we're uh, saying that Roland is really the killmonger of of the book? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it cracked me up that when he's having that that meal with... uh, the guy Janet's sleeping with that yeah um his request is to be on a committee <laughs> and the, mm-hmm. the VP's like oh well that's different you know <laughs> but it also it also like I think that that scene in particular does a way a really good job of showing the way that that it's a game right it's a game and roland knows how to play it yes. he's very very good at it and jay for some reason does not he is totally terrible at it yes. and so like you see roland who has this great rapport with his admin assistant yes and is like okay i gotta remind myself to get her a raise or whatever it was whereas jay's like Ugh, i gotta work with this woman yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and just like the the little minutia of of everything that just takes place in the running of a department or, or even just being a part of a department. And just the fact that honestly, you know, I mean, it's not a surprise that he's coming, that the one who's managed to be more managerial about things is, is coming out of, out of econ. econ. Right? And I think that's something that if, if you look at almost every business econ departments on almost every campus at almost every university, they're going to run more like a business, right? For better or worse, because they've been trained to do that. They teach how to mm-hmm. do that. And, you know, it's again, like you said, we're seeing the extremes of, of it on either side. I'm, I really like to go back to, to Angela. I really like this. There's a, some lines in here. So she talks about how, you know, she knows, she knows the lines that, um, Casavan is, is quoting from Shakespeare, but there's a line in here that said, Angela was smart. If she kept up her grades and held on to her scholarship, she could have a career as a dental hygienist. 
The dentist yeah. in Velmar often said that for a bright young woman like her, it'd be a terrific career. And I'm like, or she could be a dentist, gosh darn it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I had that visceral reaction yeah. too. I was like, and then I was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with being a dental hygienist. Absolutely and then not. I was like, no, but they're, they're saying it specifically because. Yes, because the dentist like, doesn't encourage her to roles. be a dentist. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to see what they'll do with her to, because re- I, I think, I think Schumacher will probably use Angela to remind us of, of the human in the equation, right? Mm-hmm. Because in that department meeting, they're not thinking about students as people, right? They're thinking about no. students as, as these vague entities. Roland is definitely not thinking about students, right? He's thinking about mm-hmm. just himself. And I think, I think Angela is going to be our, our reminder of why we actually do this, right? Mm-hmm. And, and why, why maybe or maybe not it matters to have the Shakespeare requirement. I will be really interested to see where Schumacher ends that particular debate. About, yeah. Yeah. I kind of hope that Angela gets a PhD in Shakespeare, but I wouldn't wish that necessarily on a real life person because I wouldn't wish getting a PhD <laughs> on, on just about anyone. So I don't know if I should wish it on a, a fictional person either. But a character. Yeah, but she could just take over, you know, and be the next, you know, Shakespeare scholar at, at Payne University. The next uh, Kosova once yeah. he retires. Yeah, or dies in his office. Which was also hilarious that, like, Jay kept being like, I thought you were retiring. <laughs> like, yes. Which I've also like, had those conversations. times. Yeah. <laughs> and how he was like, maybe I should have looked at those emails while I was on leave for the full year. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. so many moments that you're like, yep, I've heard that conversation. This so, is recognizable. <laughs> just, just a smidge. So for our next read-along, uh, we'll be discussing chapters six through ten because there are 15 chapters total so we'll just divide it up evenly into thirds of chapters so we'll hopefully in that middle section what are what are some things you're hoping to see lauren i want more of angela and i want to know if it's gonna be um like uh, a student finding her voice type of story or or kind of what i was guessing before which is like more commentary on the inaccessibility of higher ed and what that looks like for for students um so i definitely want to see more of her i'm interested in where the jay janet um connection is going because it seems like she's doing she's not doing her best to get rid of him because like i think that's like part of the whole conversation about they never got new dentists and she never canceled the landline until until that that moment when she thought about it but it's it's like she's trying to break away from him and he is like desperately clinging yeah, on yeah. um to her as a sense of normalcy and so i'm interested in where that's gonna go um and i just i want more of roland like i said I, i'm, I'm waiting to villain. see yeah i'm waiting to see that first uh encounter between roland and jay because it's mm-hmm. you know jay made it upstairs but then they they blocked him right the office admin Mm-hmm. We're like, nope, shut sorry. it down. Yeah. Really. So <laughs> he, they're going to, I hope they're going to run into each other. Although it'd also be kind of funny if they never see each other, even though they're in the same building. Um, if but he I, had just, if Roland just continues to manage to dodge him, because he's like, this is not worth my time. Yeah. Yeah. And he may, he may very well, but I would, I'm, I'm anxious to see that encounter. So we would love to hear from from you all listening. You can send uh, Lauren and me emails, or I have sent an email that includes everyone that's participating in the summer read-along, so you can just hit reply all and share your thoughts about just the first five chapters. 
And we are looking at, I don't know if it'll happen for sure, but we're looking at the possibility of a in-person get together at the end of summer for those that can make it so that we can just talk about the book once we've gotten through it all. But for now, uh, read the next five chapters and share with us your thoughts. Anything, Lauren, that you would add? No, that's all for me. That's all. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>